The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Stephen Farmer, as you might surmise by now. And uh, the program is uh, Healing for the Soul. And we're exploring a lot of different topics. Um, some I will do a presentation and other times I'll have a guest. And I have to say, um, I am so honored that I was able to recruit my guest today. Uh, I've known her for... Uh, gosh, over almost 30 years exactly. And um, this is Sandra Ingerman. Sandra has been instrumental in my own progression in working with uh, shamanism and shamanic healing. Uh, A little bit about her. She has several publications. I encourage you to go to, oh, your best bet probably is amazon.com and just uh, put her name in, Sandra Ingerman. And she may have other suggestions too to find her work. But she has been very prolific over the years. Um, The first introduction I had with Sandra was a book called Soul Retrieval. Remember that, Sandra? Absolutely. (laughs) Been been a while. It was a great book. (laughs) Oh, my God, I heard about this. And then you gave a a very detailed and very good explanation in the book. And then uh, Sandra and I also became acquainted in the early days for me of uh, shamanic work. And that was at Esalen in a two-week program with Michael Harner, who I consider to be one of the most, uh, one of the persons that uh, has been largely responsible for bringing shamanism into contemporary culture. And now it has just expanded greatly with other teachers uh, like Sandra, she's continued the work and continued on that path in quite a few different ways. Again, if you go look at her books, and we'll talk about that and talk about her latest book too. So I'm a, I'm a fan, I confess. <laughs> Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Stephen. It is wonderful to see you again. We have not been in contact since the 1990s, uh, when we were at Esalen together. So it's great to see you, and it's great to meet your audience. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I think we probably share some of the same audience. I'm, I'm certain of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're both writers, and we've done a fair number of publications. Um, yeah, it's been quite a journey, you know, um, over the years, I know for you. And you have... Um, done quite a few publications. And am I correct in suggesting go to Amazon? You go to Amazon for everything, you know, but go to Amazon under books and put in Sandra's name. Is that the best place to find your yeah, books? Um, yeah. I actually wrote, believe it or not, 12 books. 
And also, if people go to my website, sandraengerman.com, all my books are listed there, and you can order off my website. And I also have other resources, and I just want to mention briefly that I've been writing a monthly column since 2000 called The Transmutation News, and I have not missed a month um, <laughs> since um, 2000. And the whole point of the Transmutation News is to talk about my shamanic work that I've been teaching about how we have to do the inner work and um, work with our thoughts, our words, and our daydreams, and to learn how to be a being of light and a presence um, in order to be able to create the changes that are really needed on the planet right now. Mm. So the transmutation news was always written to inspire. I don't complain. I don't talk about um, political issues. I ask for prayers, definitely, for things going on on the planet. But it's all about how do we rise up and realize that we're not powerless right now and how do we get inspired to really keep up our spiritual practices so that we get through this current initiation and all the initiations that we've had and will still have to come? That's interesting take on it as an initiation. Can you say more about that? Yeah, I've been really focusing, and I've talked to Stephen a lot. Um, I I'm really focused on. Um, what's called the dark night of the soul and mm. the dark night of the soul is a psychological term. And I try to stay away from psychology because I'm talking about something completely different in all shamanic cultures. Uh, community life was what was most essential and you had to be strong enough um, to be able to add to the community so that the community had the strength to thrive. And so what that meant is um, elders performed different initiations on, um, on children uh, entering into puberty to really uh, wake up their spiritual fire because these initiations were so brutal physically mm. that you couldn't think your way through them and you couldn't force your body way through them, but your spiritual strength could carry you through. Hmm. And those who were carried through and made it through the initiation were seen as members of the community who had something to give, who had could help the community um, survive, had gifts and strengths to bring to everyone. And so that's always been part of shamanic life. But what we don't understand is in the Western culture where we don't practice shamanism anymore, we're still going through initiations. Um, kids go through initiations in puberty, getting their driver's license is an initiation getting a divorce, recovering from an illness, recovering from um, a trauma in your life is all an initiation. Mm. 
And what an initiation is, is where in the spirit world, they're trying to break down your ego and um, get your spiritual fire. So um, like I'm in initiation right now, and I was reading something about um, what I was going through astrologically, and a writer wrote about it at, at the end of this initiation, you'll either turn into dust or polished stone. <laughs> and so huh. that's the point of initiations. You either find the strength to get through and you become like the Grand Canyon and all the beautiful places on the planet where you let the elements and the forces the universe sculpt you back into your true nature because we lost ourselves through all the conditioning in society. And so the universe puts you through situations of um, polishing you, but it doesn't feel good because it's all about loss. And I don't have to explain that to anyone right now with all that we're going through with the COVID war and climactic change, people feel like their lives are being destroyed, but they're not being destroyed. They're actually being re-sculpted. Hmm. Um, it's our ego that's reacting. And of course, my ego is reacting to, um, I don't find this a pleasant experience, but there is a positive gift at the end of this. And so, um, I've been going through initiations all my life, starting with I didn't speak till I was four. I got hit by lightning when I was seven. I had to be put in a darkened room because of the measles for months. I had three more near-death experiences. I grew up in the 60s and was very, very um, part of the drug world and the alternative community and lived in a commune. So there's been so much loss, but so much spiritual experience in my life that led me um, to be being my authentic spiritual being instead of just another person who's being led by their ego um, through the world without the consciousness of our connections to ourselves our connections to nature and connections to the power of the universe. Well stated. Yeah. I, I, what, one thing that came to mind among several, but one thing that comes to mind is uh, uh, I did a lot of men's work for a period of time where I facilitate men's groups. I was participating as a, as a participant in men's groups, uh, something called new warrior training, which was yeah. wonderful. It was a sort of a, um, soft initiation experience, but going in, in you uh, became a number. <laughs> you had to give all your stuff that you carried into a basket that was kept for you later. Uh, it was just going through this very cool initiation process that I think specifically because of the men's work, I really identify that we don't have a commonality in the culture of initiating young men into manhood. And I think the new warrior training, which still is going on, there's some good stuff still going on with men and initiations, et cetera. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it, it's just been lacking because we don't have a, 
a, um, a community that's large that right. can encompass something like that in individual clans, perhaps, or communities, I could see how that could happen. So yeah, I like what you're saying. Yeah, go ahead. We're saying gangs and oh. uh, kids getting tattooed. You know, that's an initiation experience. They went through the pain of uh, getting that tattoo, and now they're a different person, and they're accepted in a different way back into their gang or back into their community. Um, and so uh, kids are finding a way to have initiations, but they're not healthy. Um, and so absolutely, that's what, yep. we, that's what we need to move back to. Yeah. yeah, it's like 19-year-olds initiating 14-year-olds. Right. <laughs> you know, with a, a fairly limited life experience to be able to do that. I think related also, uh, Sandra, is um, the respect for the elders who have gone through initiations and have come to a point in their life where they're, they're carrying um, wisdom as well as a quality of innocence, like returning to that quality of innocence. Does that make sense? Is that, you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I, I do believe most of my teaching now, because I'm known for teaching really advanced um, shamanic healing work. Mm -hmm. And most of my teaching right now, I'm really committed to teaching people the foundational shamanic work that um, people grew up with in shamanic uh, cultures. Um, and it's really simple stuff that we're just learning that nature is alive. A lot of people <laughs> are first just getting into that. My classes on nature fill up so fast, it's unbelievable. <laughs> people are trying to figure out how to connect with nature. And in a shamanic culture, if you didn't connect with the plants that brought you the medicine and the food and the trees that brought you the medicine and the food and the animals that helped you survive and stay warm, and balance with the elements, you did not survive. Um, mm -hmm. And so we have to return to what's called a simple life. I remember when uh, the COVID first started, uh, very first started, and everybody was, of course, up in arms. I kept getting uh, phone calls from an elder that I know in one of the Pueblos here in New Mexico. And he kept on leaving me messages saying, Sandra, you have to teach people about the simple life, about returning to the simple life. And so um, for right now, I hope to go back to teaching advanced shamanic healing uh, methods. That's really what my soul is calling me to do. But right now, it's teaching people how to connect to themselves, to nature, how to learn how to bring their consciousness up so that they're feeding the collective with love and light and kindness and honor and respect. And that's going to change the world um, more than all these complicated um, ceremonies and rituals that people keep trying to come up with without being connected to source first. Um, so I like to just 
teach people how to connect. And then all of a sudden, the healing and the ceremonies become very strong. And in talking about the dark night of the soul, where we feel like we've been thrown out of a plane at 30,000 feet with no parachute, no uh, map, no flashlight, no food, no supplies. <laughs> Good analogy. Yeah. That's what we feel like right now. And with yeah. my dark night of the soul work, I teach all the steps I had to go through, not what people write about in books or what others went through. I teach how I survived, how I got through. Um, and a lot of it is really just around really performing spiritual practices and learning how to wake up your intuition. Um, because right now, um, People are just um, talking, 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 and it's not helping people open up to their own spiritual strength, their own spiritual power, and their own spiritual information they were born with. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Well, well stated, and I appreciate that very much. And you have a book, it's Dark Night of the Soul, correct? That's one of your more recent books. Uh, no, actually, um, we have a book coming out. I'm co-writing it with a friend, and I think it's a little bit too early to announce, so I'm not going to talk about the title yet um, because we haven't settled on it. Okay. But my part of the book is going to be a roadmap, a complete roadmap on how to get through the dark night of the soul, how to get through when life takes you down and you start losing everything, and how you allow yourself to be polished instead of sitting down in the dark. Um, in shamanism, one of the most powerful journeys is uh Ceremonies is what's called shamanic journeying, where the shaman or shamanic practitioner takes flight into the unseen worlds and speaks to the helping spirits. And one of the very first journeys that I ever had was my own guardian spirit telling me, whatever happens, don't sit down in the dark. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I actually have a course called The Dark Night of the Soul through the Shift Network that is sold digitally and can be found on my website under training. So people can buy that information right now to help. Very them. cool. But I'm really focused on trying to help people see that we're in a really rich experience of learning and evolution. And we do have to learn how to move forward. And part of that is coming together in small groups to um, 
create stronger communities that can support. That's what people are looking at right now. But also doing your own personal work. Also doing your own personal work. What are the traumas that are burdening you and won't let you move forward? Right. And what 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 would it look like if you were moving forward and and uh, following your own soul's destiny? So that's where I like to focus people. Right. Excellent. Yeah, I remember uh, Sandra, a mentor who was actually I was seeing him after. A uh, period of suffering, let's call it, you know, a divorce, basically. And I really felt very, very broken. Again, initiation, very broken. And this guy was great. You know, he was an elder. Now I'm one, but he was an elder <laughs> at that time. And I always remember there's a few quotes from him I still that live with me. And one of them is he was, uh, uh, you know, I admired him. He was a fighter pilot in the war and had, you know, occasionally offered a story about what happened to him. So he had this heroic kind of quality to him, and yet he was relatively short and had a, a this goatee that he, and he had a real uh, way of really being focused. And he had also shared with me that he had gone through a, a period of difficulty too, but it seems like he was handling it. Anyway, uh, I can remember him so dearly and with love in my heart for him. Paul Fairweather was his name. Mm. But one time we were talking, and I, I got to say, more than therapy, it was conversation, and he was mentoring me. Mm. And he stopped at one point. I forget what we were talking about, Sandra. We, he stopped at one point, and he said, you know, Stephen, all this stuff we do, you know, uh, encounter trainings and therapy and all that, I think it's just to help us remember who we really are. Mm. And you've addressed it uh, very, very beautifully is rather than philosophizing about our unity yeah. with the world <laughs> is to actually experience it. Take a walk in the woods, go for a slow walk, breathe, let the trees communicate to you, let the stars communicate to you that it really truly is a magical world. I got to see, I was in uh, Sedona late uh, recently, as I shared with you. And I, one of my uh, th things I get really excited about out on the desert on a night of a new moon mm. is just to go out and gaze at the stars. And I like that rather than look at the stars. Gaze has a different, softer quality to it, like breathe, let it in, you know, see what you might hear or feel or anything else you might see. So I appreciate your work. I think it's absolutely so right for the time. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, I, I taught a course on uh, nature, and it was really interesting. What happened for me was, uh, what first of all, I asked people to ask whatever nature being that they want to communicate with, um, they step into your field of energy just to, um, you know, so that you didn't just grab a tree and hug it, but, you know, yeah. there was some permission. And then um, we're so focused on getting messages from nature. And so I asked people to do things like ask the tree what its family is like and hmm. what is its history like and what nice. has it seen in all the years. And that's how you create a relationship, you know, and yeah. um, 
So I watched all these people in my course actually step into a different dimension. And I, I have to admit, I, hit, I hitchhiked with them. And hmm. I was really living in bliss for months. I was living in a different dimension with just the beauty of nature and conversations and, and, and didn't forget about what was going on in our denser world. But um, realized that there's so much more that we're missing because we've gotten locked into a 2D world, almost like we're watching TV or the movies instead of fully participating right. with everything yeah. in life. Yeah, it's um, it's been said um, many times before, but the the ultimate healing is the healing of that illusion of being separate from the natural world. Mm -hmm. And what you've just described, I think is fascinating. In fact, I'm going to borrow it, sure. Sandra. <laughs> you know, is go out to that tree. In fact, I invite all the listeners to do that. Go out to that tree in your backyard. You don't need to go and travel to a forest somewhere if that's not the case for you, or go to the park or something like that, or go to the forest. But I like what you said as a, as a I hesitate even calling it an exercise. Right as a, a, a way of communing mm -hmm. in a different way, rather than going tree spirit, what's my, you know, <laughs> what's my message? You know, I like that a lot, yeah. but tree spirit, tell me about your family. You know, where have you come from? You know, what's your, what's your greatest joy? You know, questions that you would ask, say a new acquaintance, you know, somebody you've just met, you get interested in, you go into a little bit deeper conversation. So that's beautiful, Sandra. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You said also, if I, I, I want to bring up too, that you do have a new course for shamanic journeying, and that would be for people that are starting to become curious, correct? Yeah, it's for a whole range. It's for people who are really curious about this shamanic ceremony of using drums and rattles and shamanic music to transport ourselves into the unseen realms where there are divine spirits who are looking down at the earth, not through the eyes of ego, um, and can give us a completely different perspective. They can share healing energies. They can give us guidance. Right. They can tell us what we need to look at. So this course is for people who want to first jump in, um, starting from the beginning. This mm. course is for people who want to go deeper in all my courses. I, I take people who have been studying for a while and give them some challenging exercises. And then what I'm so excited about is um, we're going to do some work in small groups um, in behalf mm. of each other and see how that works to work in small communities and then be able to come back and share and ask me questions. So it's a course on shamanic journeying, but it's for all levels. And there's more engagement uh, than in my other courses where I was so busy teaching and performing ceremonies, I couldn't let anybody else talk. And so now this mm. is me talking along with the community so mm. we'll engage together yeah nice i like it i like it a lot when does that start is it already started or no it'll start in july and um i don't have the link yet but 
Um, I've been writing about it in my newsletter on uh, transmutation news on shamatsandaringerman.com, uh, and I will definitely send out an email if anybody wants to sign up for my email list on that site, but also I'll announce it in the transmutation news um, the links where you can sign up um, for the intro course, um, uh, the intro call that's free, Excellent. where you get the big picture and see Excellent. if it's something you want to dive into. <laughs> thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I, a big thank you. <clears throat> thank you for what you've generated. You know what you've you've responded to what you've been called to do, and you're doing it and doing an exceptional job. I think spirit tags us too. You know, they know the workaholics amongst us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I consider myself one. I love my work yeah. and uh, I feel blessed to be able to do it every day. I, I, in some fashion, you express my gratitude to those who uh, have been traveling with me, shall we say, yeah. both, you know, physically embodied as well as um, non-visible beings to ordinarily non-visible beings. Okay, we, uh, we've got a couple minutes left, but I'm, I want to ask you a big question. Uh, do you have a sense of where we're headed, let's say, as the larger community of human beings? Yeah, I, I, um, I do believe that we're going to be in this initiation for a while. I definitely don't see, like, next month everything goes back to normal, but I can't give you the timing. But again, we're all in an initiation to become polished stones, to raise our mm. consciousness that we're not behaving correctly as human beings. We've lost our sense of honor. We've lost our sense of kindness. We've lost our sense of our identity. That's really love and light and why we came here to be caretakers of the earth. So how many yeah. wake-up calls do we have to get? Um, that's the big question. What my main spirit, who is the Egyptian goddess Isis, keeps saying is please, please stay in the present and stop looking towards the future because you might get a message right that second that you're focusing on the future that would have given you the message you needed to survive um, a catastrophe, but you were too busy looking forward to get it. And she also keeps asking me to remind people that the future is created by the present. So if we can do our work and start changing our present, we'll be looking at a different future. Uh, so interesting because um, there is this, uh, shall we call it the cynical side, this shadow yeah. that event sometimes pops its head out, so to speak. And I, I eventually without um, a lot of time to allow for that shift away from that. And my, theme these days is gratitude. Mm -hmm. I said this even in uh, uh, workshops and such is uh, I don't mind whining once in a while. <laughs> I want to know when I'm doing it and I want to get out of there as quickly as possible. And I find what shifts me is love and gratitude. Yeah. If I can shift my attention to those 
core expressions as a human being, it, I think it elevates the frequency, mm-hmm. you know, the vibration. And, and based on something I saw, it makes a lot of sense, love and gratitude. Anyway, um, I've been getting the similar message of Sandra is, is don't dwell on anticipating the future or projecting into the future or creating scenarios this way, that way, whatever. I, you know, I can look at my calendar for tomorrow. You know, that's okay. Yeah. I don't mind doing it. You know, we both have schedules and all that. Everybody who's listening does, I'm sure. But also to be willing to adapt to the unexpected. Yes. So I'm in total agreement with you. And here you are right now. This is it. This is where it happens right at this moment. Did I say right at this moment? Yes, I did. So I'm totally in agree with you. And I find I'm, I'm being prompted, you know, by the guidance I receive. Yeah. Presence. That's the most important thing right now is do whatever you can to stay present. Whining doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work. I but learned that. <laughs> I'm a human being, you know. So what can I say? But right. I want I want to be both a human being and more than right. a human being, you know. Both and yeah, Sandra, yeah. Go ahead. To add to that very briefly um, is when you say to be present. There's another way that we can be present. That would be how we can really be in service to the planet. Is we have. Beyond our body and ego, we have this incredible spiritual light that is exactly a reflection of the creative forces of the universe. And those people who walk the earth, whether they're famous or whether they're um, uh, janitors or um, doing some kind of service job, it doesn't matter. Those people who can actually shine that light and be that feminine presence in the world, that's what we really need to shift things is for Mm. people to more be that presence 24 hours of, um, and that's what really shifts the frequency that we're stuck in right now. Yeah. Yeah, well said again. Sandra, we got to close here in a minute, but I again, I can't thank you enough. I will thank you enough. <laughs> Instead of I can't, I'm going to thank you enough. Again, not just for uh, participating with me in this conversation here, but just for all of the um, tremendous work that you've offered. And I, I am just in I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan of yours, like I said, and more. It's a respect and an admiration for the work and what you bring. And I know that a lot of people are going to be very affected by our conversation today. I just I know it, and I'm happy and honored to participate in that conversation. As uh, you know, the focus more and more, and I tell my clients in in the classes and such like that, um, it really is about being the best you can be really like you have said various ways to say it, but really bringing the light to the planet, especially in the darkness, you know, don't be afraid of the darkness. Just bring something there. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. let that be light, you yes. know, let there be light anyway, farewell. Yeah. And again, uh, Sandra Ingerman.com. You can get a lot of information from, uh, that website, and you can also find her publications. Sign on to your newsletter, correct? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. All right. Cool. Super. 
So I thank you again. Thank you, Stephen, and, so much. Oh, it's great to reconnect with you. Really great. Yeah, same and here. I feel what like you're doing. <laughs> I'm delighted. All right. Thanks again. Aloha. <laughs> I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.